We're live. Um, how old are you for the record? I am 63 years old. Great. The last person was uh, 64, so there tends to be trends. Uh, who are you and how would you describe yourself? I would say that um, I am... I am a woman devoted to reaching out and fostering a sacred container of community in this place, Central Oregon. Um, after many years in the corporate world and then 10 more years as a personal um, uh, entrepreneurial coach, I kind of set that aside so that I could open up for um, for the gathering of women, so I could really focus on that. And so um, I feel that I'm a medicine woman and um, a keeper of the wisdom. After 63 years walking on this planet, I feel that I can hold that sacredness. Hmm. So. What matters most to you? And I mean that in a way, uh, what's your spark? Where do you get your energy? Uh, what helps you maintain that energy? Mm. What motivates you? Um, uh, a ritual and practice of meditation is paramount in my life, uh, but the spark of life for me is um, speaking into the world the connection between the mind, the emotion, and the choosing of how we show up in the world. And it feels to me that so many of the challenges and hardships in people's lives is those that are stuck in the pattern of the experiences of their life and coming to a place of resolve in that and healing in that and then being able to choose how they show up in the world is magnificent work it's ancient work and it's all about all of us remembering and so that's my passion in life is to help others remember do you have any idea where you got that? Like how that came to you and, and, and why it took so many years in the corporate world to get here? And any thoughts on that? Well, I think that, uh, that a lot of hardships and challenges in, world, in the world in, in a life experience can be, if you're open to it, a place of recognition that it's really your teacher. And so for me... Um, second oldest of nine kids and in a, in a household where it was very difficult for my mom. She tried really hard but was in a lot of overwhelm. And so my sort of self-ordained job was to step in in places where she needed a lot of help. And so that sort of moved me into um, a world of not connecting with myself but taking care of what was outside of me. And so in my early 20s, um, I moved to Mount Shasta and lived there for seven years, and it is a spiritual vortex. It is a magnificent place of healing and um, and diving deep if one chooses. Mm -hmm. And had a beautiful teacher, uh, a, a beautiful woman, her name was Christina Schnack, who really spoke into my life the sacred art of mastering change in my life. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like to bring our old patterns forward and be living triggered by the, the our life experiences and coming to a more a place of, of clarity and knowing hmm. 
And so that was the beginning of that journey. And that's been a lifelong quest. I truly believe it's not about arriving anywhere, but it's about, you know, being open to dive in and to look deeper. And so that started a, a real journey of deeper understanding for myself and seeking teachings and and knowledge that, to help and science around the mind and the emotion and um, and and releasing the patterns so that that's been beautiful beautiful work that's been you know my life's journey as an adult mm. is to tap into that mm. what does community mean to you and I and I don't necessarily mean a definition of the word but like how does it impact you and how do you impact it so what a beautiful question um, community to me um, let me just take you back to 16 years ago when my husband and I bought this property and built this home and built the beautiful studio um, slash logging shop. All It's, it's multidimensional. Um, we sat here in this very room and discussed what it really meant to hold space in a sacred way and that we felt that we reclaimed this land and that we wanted to bring our heart's meaning to it. So we named this place the Harmony House. Our house concert series is the Harmony House Concert Series. The women that come on a monthly basis for a women's sacred drum circle, uh, they come to the Harmony House drum circle, or the you know sacred drum circle at the Harmony House. Um, I've ha held many workshops. There's a sacred labyrinth here. When you come on the property, and I think you felt it, you know you arrived. It has yeah, has that that sense. Um, at the end of a country lane with an 1,100-acre ranch behind, we're just tucked into the woods here, and um, it's a place of healing and creativity. People come here to write songs and just be here, and um, and winter over and teepees, and it's just been a beautiful, a beautiful experience to hold this place sacred as a container for the gathering. Um, so we do ceremonies here, you know, full moon, new moon, and then drum circles. And so the community of women is fairly far-reaching. They come from Bend, Prineville, Madras, um, all around the Sisters Redmond area. Women come once a month. 45, 50 women is not a, a number that's unusual. Just to come to be in resonance with one another, to be in rhythm with the heartbeat of Mother Earth, to bring out the wildish and dance and drum and sing and it's a sacred time and it's powerful mm. and so the sense of community is this place to me mm. what do you think we mean to each other human to human i think that when we strip away all the busyness and can look into the eyes of who is before you Finding love, it's about love. Because in, in my world, it's either love or it's fear. And if I'm motivated by love, I show up in the world differently. If I'm motivated by fear, I'm reacting to the world, I'm coping with the world, I'm doing all of those things that don't express love. Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. what, what then do we do with the fact that um, there are so many of us like in fear right now though, you know, because of our race or because of our um, gender or sexual orientation or because of our 
luck in where we were born and then and our country's at war or our lands were taken and stolen by people that thought that they discovered it or you know like if it is all about love where what do we do with the fear that it definitely is real right uh, powerful question and I'm so glad you asked because the practices of coming to a place where we can access love means that we have to tend to our fear. And with every fear that's within the heart of man is a story that keeps the fear alive. So when we tend to that emotion that comes up, when we really tend to that, we really take the time to understand that the mind clings to the stories and the stories cling to the emotion. That's what keeps it alive. And science has proven that when you detach the two, and there's many teachings on, on that subject, um, but it, it is a principle and a practice since Mount Shasta when I stepped into the sacred art of mastering change that I recognized that that we could actually come to a place where we can choose love and let go of the fear. And it's a process. But we are in a time of awakening, deep awakening. And it's not going to take everybody to wake up. There is a critical mass point where we come to a place where we move in this world in love. We get that sense of what Mother Teresa and Martin Luther King and so many others before us who made meaningful change in the world spoke from a place of love. So it's proof that that is the energy that is so longing to be birthed and expanded in the now. The impetus for this project for me is to set out to prove that there, there is love or whatever, that there are good people. Um, it's not from a place of optimism so much as it's a place of needing to find optimism. And needing to, or feeling like I should pave a way or provide an avenue for other people to access that who may not want to go and interview strangers. Um, so I'm really glad you mentioned the critical mass thing because I've been asking that in some of my interviews too. It seems like there's so many people who, you know, maybe specific politics aside, have a general goodwill, good nature feelings of empathy and compassion for whoever who are willing to help out just because it's needed and it seems like we're there's so many more of us than than the people that maybe wouldn't qualify for those descriptors mm -hmm. but we're we're definitely not it doesn't seem like we're in charge at the right. moment and so i'm waiting and hoping and maybe accelerating in some way like yeah. the tipping point but it brings me to my next question about social injustice and, and um, I guess what is one's individual role in the overall fight against social injustice? For me personally, it's recognizing what's in that fight because I think that we're all here truly to remember. To remember what this culture has so forgotten. Maybe we're talking, you know, stemming from many, many, many generations before us that 
we're fighting amongst ourselves so we cease to really see the elephant in the room and that's i think something that um that we are so there's so much polarity and there's so much looking sideways what we really need to do is be looking up and to be moving in this collective we that says humanity w forwarded by love and compassion for one another is what's going to get us through this because we are stuck in a world of n not seeing through the quagmire of things that don't to my way of thinking don't really matter as much as it's an old history and it's an old story and it's not just to diminish that it says once again my my precepts are tend to it and it is not about what we fix outside of ourselves it's always an interpersonal journey it's always the work within and if we are all doing that work and finding what forgiveness really means in the world, which is not to exonerate, pretend it didn't happen, shove it down, not look at it, that's not forgiveness. Forgiveness, the literal Greek translation of the word to forgive, is to let go. And I would ask you to let go of what? And for me, to let go of the stories that keep the energy alive around the resentments and the hate and the bitterness and the division the divisiveness of this country, if we look at it from a personal place. And when we shift, we make a shift in the world. The world changes. And I believe that is true from my heart to yours, is that when I change me, my environment changes. And if we are all seeking that level and showing up in love, the world will be a different place. And again, it's not that the whole world has to do that there is its critical mass that that light is going to shift this thing in a big way and so i hold to the hope that my beliefs are could possibly be true i've seen it one by one in the women that i serve in the drum circle in private clients that come for energy work and for conversation i see it i see that that expansive aha moment when letting go and after we've tended to you know the grief and the anger and all of those emotions that contract us because we what we need to do is expand and that's the from the lens of love and compassion and joy and peace and choosing how we show up in the world I was recently given this question uh, two interviews ago and it's replacing my final question I think it's a much more pleasant way of asking it what do you want more of in your life? Wow That's such a deep question because I, I, I'm clicking through all of the grace and beauty and love and connection that's in my life and I feel like all of it continuing to expand. This work of coming alongside others to help them heal, 
to help them take a, a heartful in, heartfelt internal look and then make changes in their lives. I just want to continue to expand that opportunity and do all that I can in this community to foster that. Those are my questions. Do you have anything else you'd like to leave with? I think that what you're doing is remarkable, and I have infinite love and deep gratitude for the work that you're doing, that it can make another level of meaningful change in this community and in the world by reaching out and, and doing what you're doing. So I want to personally thank you, Josh, so much. Thank you.